Welcome to In the Wake with Whitley. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. All right, this week we're back. I'm here with Sabrina as my guest today. It's been a long time coming. I'm super excited that we're finally sitting down and we get to talk. So Sabrina, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? You know, who are you and what is your story? Yeah. Hey, Whitley. Thank you so much, girl, for having me on the show. I'm so excited. You're right. It has been a long time coming. (laughs) I'm so happy we're finally doing this. Yeah. So, hey, everybody. My name is Sabrina Parati. I am the host of the Cultivating Curiosity podcast. I live in New Jersey with my (laughs) adorable boyfriend, Kyle. We've been out here for three years now, going on four. It's really funny. I grew up in Indiana in the Midwest. And so I tell people I grew up in the cornfields of the Midwest. And (laughs) and now I live on the Jersey shore. So it's a completely different experience, but I actually really love it. I love exploring new things, experiencing new cultures, meeting new people. So it's treated us really great so far. And I actually moved out here for my corporate job. I work as a fashion buyer for a large corporate retailer here in America. So that's what consumes most of my weekdays. And then nights and weekends, I'm working on my podcast as a side path passion project. That's really my day to day as of right now. And I'm, I'm loving life. I'm just experiencing every day as it comes. I love that. All right. So I guess let's dive into some more intimate personal things. So I want to ask, what have you been doing to nourish your spiritual self? I love this question. I actually love all of your questions. I was <laughs> reviewing them before the show. I'm like, oh, this is all right up my alley. I'm so excited. So my spiritual self. Quarantine has truly been the biggest blessing for me because Mm -hmm. it's forced, and I'm sure you can also agree to this, Whitley, it's forced everyone to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we realized how much we needed to slow down until it was forced upon us. And I look back at the past three years of me working in corporate world, graduating from college, and it was just run, 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 run all the time. It was just exhausting. And I didn't realize how exhausted I was until we were all forced to stay home. And so I started working from home and I'm currently still working from home with my corporate job. And it's been great. You get to wake up later. You get to spend more time treating yourself. So for me, that looks like exercising more, meditating more consistently, journaling in the mornings. It's really been such a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. And it's forced me to self-reflect and really reevaluate what I want in my life. This is it. Like I want more time to nourish my spiritual self. And what that looks like is my morning time. I love routine. So my morning is literally my favorite time of the day. (laughs) I sit down with my cup of Nespresso coffee and I read my skim first on my phone just to get a little download on what's going on in the world. And then 
I journal and I journal five things that I'm grateful for. And then I also journal 10 dreams and goals that I have for my future, just to really align myself with, to keep me on track with where I want to go and what I'm working towards every single day. And it really just sets me in the right mindset and tone for the day. And I also use this time to really tune in how I'm feeling that day. And I also use that time to be grateful and to God and to my spirit guides and thank them for the life that they've given me and for always giving me that guidance that I need. So it's really, it's just a great way to set the tone for the day. And then with all this extra time, I have always loved walking, but now I have all this extra time to take more consistent daily walks. So in our apartment complex, we have this awesome, beautiful courtyard. So my boyfriend and I around lunch or after work, we always go outside and take like an hour walk. And sometimes I listen to music and sometimes I listen to audiobooks. And normally when I listen to audiobooks, of course, it's related to some sort of spiritual learning. Mm-hmm. And recently I've, I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watt. I think he was prevalent back in like the 1940s. So way, way before our time, but he was a really big philosopher and mm-hmm. he talked just a lot about Taoism and yin and yang. And he just really gives you a different perspective on life. And it's so refreshing to listen to him and his perspectives because I grew up being a really deep spiritual thinker. And before I had access to knowledge like Alan Watts or to amazing podcasts like yours, I thought that I was alone, right? Like I think it's so easy to think that, okay, you're alone in these like really deep questions and feelings that you have. But when you hear someone like Alan Watts also talk about it, it gives you some sort of reassurance and peace. It truly is so peaceful. So that's a big way that I nourish my spiritual self is I'm constantly learning and gaining knowledge. And I also try to meditate consistently every single day, even if it's for just 10 minutes a day. (laughs) Life gets really (laughs) busy, but it's a goal I have. It's in my calendar every single day. So it's in the calendar. I try to make it happen. Right. A couple last things that I've been implementing in my life, and this is all new because of quarantine. So I've really like shifted my whole lifestyle because of the life that we're now living today. And so I've started seeing a holistic therapist, which Mm -hmm. has been a game changer for me, which we'll dive into a little bit later. Yes. And I also went to see an energy healer a couple months ago. So I've really just been diving into everything spiritual, trying to gain as much knowledge as I can, apply it to my life in as many different ways that I can, and just really taking time to self-reflect and reevaluate what I want in life. I love that. I feel so aligned in what you're saying. Like, And I realize I do want to acknowledge that it absolutely is a privilege to be able to stay home and slow mm-hmm. down, that not everyone gets that opportunity. But I'm super grateful that I have. It has been so nice and I am an introvert and a homebody. Mm-hmm. So it's been super nice to not have outside commitments like social commitments so that I can really turn inward and yeah. on that inner guidance. And I also really love my morning routine. I noticed that for me personally, I'm not sure about you, but if I skip that, my day feels and looks a lot different. How I show up is very, very different than if I do 
follow those, you know, the gratitude journal, journaling in general, listening to an inspirational podcast or reading, kind of just having some silence and quiet before I get into the busyness of things. So yeah, I really love that. I love that you're on the same page. It feels. Oh yeah. No, I'm the same way. It's so funny how it works. Like once you get into this scheduled routine of, okay, I wake up, I do my gratitude journal, I meditate, I listen to a podcast. The day that you don't do that, it's like a day wasted in my mind. I'm like, what was today? (laughs) What did I accomplish today? Why do I feel so funky? And it's really hard. And this is something I'm trying to work on when I travel, whether it's to go see my family back in Indiana or my boyfriend and I are going on a long weekend trip somewhere before COVID, of course. It's so hard. It's impossible to have like your normal routine when you're traveling, which I think it's healthy to an extent to switch up your life a little bit and not 100% of the time live in this restricted routine. But I think having that routine makes it that much harder to get out of it. That's why it's so important to just establish something, even if it's for 15 minutes in the morning that you can carry with you, even in traveling, that just makes your days feel more in your control, so to speak. Me personally, once COVID started, you know, quarantine and social distancing, I noticed after it had happened over time, I was like, wow, I have journaled for three months straight every single day. I haven't missed a step and I've felt a lot more self-aware and a lot of self-growth happening because I'm reflecting and doing that introspection. And I feel like I'm in tune with my emotions and acknowledging them and, you know, allowing space for them. But But if I kind of don't keep those commitments to myself and I make excuses, then it's so easy to fall out of that routine. And so yes, like consistency and being intentional about it is so important for me because if I don't do that, I can break that habit and then it feels a lot harder to start it back up again. Oh yeah, right there with you, girl. So for those that aren't super aware of what this term means, what is inner guidance and how do you personally tap into that or trust your inner guidance? I love this question, Whitley, because this has been something I've been really working on for the past couple years. And this was truthfully one of the biggest reasons why I sought out a therapist in the first place, because I had and still do have the hardest time trusting that inner guidance. First of all, I think inner guidance is something within you, whether you call it intuition or you call it the universe. It's just something within you that cannot be explained logically through our minds. I think it's something that is just there that serves your greater good, but I don't think you're meant to know conceptually how it got there, why it's there. And that was what I've tried to figure out for so, so many years. And it caused so much turmoil and conflict within me because I am a type three, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is an achiever. And I love to have answers. And I'm also somewhat of a perfectionist as well. Because of that, I find safety in answers and problems that I can solve. And I just am not a fan of uncertainty. Let's just say that. Yeah. I know like life is uncertain, right? But we Mm -hmm. create these stories and conceptions in our mind that makes us feel like life is certain to a degree and within our control, when in reality, it really isn't. 
I have really struggled with trying to bring my perfectionism and type three tendencies and mesh it with this whole inner guidance that I never could really wrap my head around. I think inner guidance and really tapping into it and trusting it is just letting go and accepting, okay, I don't know everything and that's okay. I really don't know as much as I even think I know and that's okay. And really understanding and knowing that there is something so much bigger at play here and that we just need to trust and surrender and flow with that guidance, knowing that it's going to serve our greater good. And I think a great way to tap into that is meditating on a consistent basis and really just tuning in with your body and your emotions and observing everything without judgment or labeling. I think that's a great way to tap into your inner guidance. I just said, not try to label it, really Mm -hmm. just accept it for what it is and not try to understand it. That's something that has brought me a lot of peace and less conflict within myself. I think that with spirituality, religion, it can serve a great purpose, but sometimes religion does try to get into the nitty gritty of defining Mm. these things and setting parameters around it and that it looks a certain way or feels a certain way. But I do truly believe that there is something bigger than ourselves, that no matter what you call it, God, universe, spirit, whatever it may be, however you may label it as spirit, intuition, inner guidance, Holy Ghost, whatever, that there is something that connects all of us. It's something that we can all tap into and listen Mm -hmm. to. And I really liked how you mentioned meditation as a form of that. Some people call it prayer. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it mindfulness. But again, it's the same concept of kind of quieting the outside noise and the external opinions and just stuff going on that's always go, go, go. And really tuning into the silence and your feelings and yeah, that inner guidance is the best way to describe it. And feeding off of what you were just saying, Whitley, I actually recently interviewed Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who she is, but she gave that TED Talk back in 2008, and it was actually the first TED Talk to ever go viral on the internet. And it's called My Stroke of Insight. And she actually also wrote a best-selling book also called My Stroke of Insight. And she was featured on Oprah's Soul Series podcast. And she, Times Magazine, 100 Most Influential People people in 2008. She's a brain scientist at Harvard, long story short. And she studied how the brain worked and she had a stroke one morning. And because she realized what was happening, she knew she was having a stroke. And with her experience and knowledge in neuroanatomy, she was able to essentially observe what was happening from the inside out. And she explains that in her TED talk, what had happened was she had a hemorrhage on the left side of her brain. And the left side of our brains are the brains that need results are very analytical are two plus two equals four. Like that's the left side of our brain. And that's also where that constant mind chatter always takes place. However, Mm -hmm. on the right side of the brain is that bliss feeling that the present moment is all that matters types of feeling, you know, like that whole expansive consciousness world lives in the right side of the brain. And so on my episode that I interviewed her on, I think it was 
episode 29. She talks about how since the hemorrhage took place on the left side of her brain, all that she experienced was that right side bliss, that right side present moment, expansive consciousness feeling. And it was so wonderful because she experienced that now that she's fully healed and recovered now, how many years later, she teaches people how to tap more into that right side of the brain because I feel like so many of us are left brain dominated. We rely so heavily on the left brain, which also focuses on the past and the future, which causes either anxiety or depression and worry. She teaches you how important it is to really live a whole brain life, which is Mm -hmm. a a healthy balance of the left and the right brain. And when you meditate, you're tapping into the right brain. That's exactly what you're doing is you're slowing down the mind chatter of the left brain and really tapping into this present moment of the right brain and the whole fulfilled feeling that it provides. I love that explanation. That Mm -hmm. is so amazing. And I will have to link her TED Talk, all of her stuff down below in the show notes because that sounds so interesting. She's wonderful. And I can also provide you to the direct link for the podcast episode that I had her on as well, because she talks more about that whole brain living in the podcast episode on my show than she does in her TED Talk. Yes, that would be awesome. What does self-care and self-love look like for you? Talked about routines. How do you create a self-care routine? First of all, talking about self-love, I think what self-love really means is, for me at least, is really respecting what my body needs in this moment. Mm -hmm. So if I wake up and I'm journaling and I just feel, you know, not my normal, energized, productive self that day, instead of trying to resist that feeling, self-love to me looks like accepting myself for where I'm at that day and giving my body what it needs that day. So if it's just, okay, if I get one thing checked off of my to-do list today and then I spend the rest of the day watching Riverdale on Netflix. (laughs) That's okay with me. Like that is self-love. I don't want to push myself because that's what I used to do. I used to feel guilty for those quote unquote lazy days, which Mm -hmm. they're not. It's called recharge refueling days. So that's what self-love means to me. It's just really respecting my body for what it needs in this moment. Our bodies are in constant change like everything else in this universe, right? It's constantly changing and evolving. So that doesn't mean we're going to be 100% productive every day or 100% happy every day. We're meant to have fluctuations within our emotions, within our bodies. And so we really just need to respect those fluctuations without any judgment. And that's really how I've been giving myself all this love lately. Mm -hmm. And self-care, you're right. I love routine as well. I do have to admit I need to do a better job of giving myself a more regimented self-care routine because the only self-care that I give myself is my morning coffee and journal time, which I've already talked about. That's really like the only time during the day that I use to really just focus on me. I think I might start taking more baths. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to try 
to do more bath times at night. But I guess also too, self-care is just being in nature. That's a big one is really going outside and being in nature, which I take my walks every day. My boyfriend, Kyle and I go hiking on the weekends and really just, I think disconnecting from social media and technology is one of the biggest ways you can take care of yourself is really coming back to nature and simplicity. Yes. I love that. And I love how you described self-love is tuning into our body's needs because really our bodies are so powerful and so wise. Like our bodies can heal themselves. Mm -hmm. If that's not powerful, I don't know what is. And so they are intuitive and wise. And if you're listening to what your body needs and following that, you are doing the the self-compassionate thing. And yeah, our needs do change. So I think it's important that your self-care routine doesn't have to look the same all the time, that you can have these practices in place that set you up, that you know make you feel good and help you have a better day. But as things change, also changing things up and meeting yourself where you are and your needs at that time. Absolutely. What has been your personal experience with therapy? So I actually started therapy back last October, late October, I believe, early November of 2019. And I started with traditional talk therapy. And the whole reason why I did this is because I had just gotten back from this beautiful, amazing vacation to Portugal and Italy. And I had really awful travel anxiety. Mm. And I I had travel anxiety on our trip the year prior in 2018. We also did another European vacation that year. It wasn't as intense as it was this past year, but it was more in the sense of I could never really be in the present moment. I was constantly trying too hard to be in the present moment. And of course that took away from it. And so the whole next year leading up to our Portugal, Italy trip, I was working with a life coach about, okay, like I really don't want to be in that headspace again for this next trip. And I felt really ready to go to Portugal and Italy. I was like, I've got this, no worries. It came back, but it came back like 10 times worse to the point I was actually having panic attacks, which I've never had before. And I was waking up in the middle of the night with this absolute cloud of just dread and anxiety for no reason at all. I could not figure out why I was feeling this way. And it was absolutely terrifying. It was so terrifying. And so when I got home, I was like, I need to talk to someone about this because A, who wants to go on vacation and just experience (laughs) awful anxiety the whole time? And I just, I wanted to also figure out, I knew it was stemming from something deeper and I was like, I need to figure this out. So I did start traditional talk therapy and I did feel a lot of shame initially going into it. And I hate, I'm a huge advocate for destigmatizing mental health. I talk about it a lot on my podcast show as well, is I think we put this awful stigma around mental health and around therapy. I went into my first therapy session with that stigma. And because of that, I felt so much shame for even being there in the first place. And I remember telling myself a story in my head and the story that I was telling myself was people who go to therapy 
are crazy. They Mm -hmm. need medication. They never are able to get better. Like I was compiling all of the absolute worst stories that I've heard throughout my life about people who go to therapy. I was grouping them all into one bucket. And then I was associating myself with that bucket and with that story. And that is the worst thing you can do for yourself. And that's why I really encourage people to ask themselves what is the story that you're telling yourself? Because that story that you define yourself with either makes you or breaks you. And in this case, it was breaking me. And I did talk about it with my therapist about the shame I was feeling. And she did bring some peace to me as well and some clarity. But I just came to the point that I realized, okay, there are so many other people that go to therapy that I never would have guessed would go to therapy. And everyone goes to therapy for different reasons and nothing is ever black or white. And that was a huge barrier I had to overcome in the way that I was thinking. I always thought in black or white. And so I started to think, in terms of people go to therapy for a variety of reasons and nine times out of 10, they aren't schizophrenic. Uh They aren't crazy. They do overcome whatever they're trying to work on. And it was just this horrible story I was telling myself that created all the shame. And so luckily I didn't stay in that place of shame for very long. And I was able to continue my therapy sessions with more peace But earlier this year, I just wasn't meshing with my therapist and personally, and even the information she was providing me, I wasn't fully agreeing with. Our viewpoints were just not the same. So I ended up cutting it off with her and I wasn't actively seeking another therapist. And this is one of my biggest examples of the universe being on your side and law of attraction and all that. I remember just having like a really tough day and sitting on my couch and truthfully just crying about it and talking to the universe and talking to my spirit guides and just asking for help. And I was like, I need help in some way. And it wasn't me asking for help in terms of please send me a therapist that I'll resonate with. It wasn't anything specific like that. It was just, okay, world, if you're listening, I know you are. Please help me. I need some clarity and direction here. And literally the next day I was doing research for an upcoming podcast episode and I came across a blog post And I was reading the blog post and I got to the bottom of it and I realized that it was written by two holistic therapists based out of California. And I had no idea that the blog post was written by therapists. The blog post really resonated with me, first of all. It was exactly what I needed to hear that day and I just agreed with everything it was saying. And once I realized that that blog post was written by counselors and therapists, I was like, okay, maybe I should just reach out to them and see if they have any availability. And I called and got in contact. And ever since then, they have been my therapist, like Dr. Hillary, Hillary Stokes is her name. And she's in practice with her wife, Kim, and their practice is called Authenticity Associates based out in Southern California. And they are into the holistic everything, a lot of brain spotting, a lot of EMDR, just you name it, they do it. And 
it is exactly what I needed. And it was just the biggest blessing. That is what I'm currently doing in terms of therapy. And I love it. I think it's one of the best things anyone can do for themselves is talk to someone and get help because it's so important. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that shift of changing the path of your course because it wasn't working for you that it sounds like you were really listening to your needs and that Mm -hmm. it just wasn't working. And I think it's a brave thing to seek something else that Mm -hmm. maybe will work better. I also wanted to ask, you mentioned the stories and how the stigma and shame played a big part in you seeking therapy or being resistant towards therapy, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of rewrite those stories or break those stories? Oh my gosh, that is the question of the year. So (laughs) it's a big question. And I believe in you become what you think, right? You are your thoughts. And for example, like if we talk about the story that I was telling myself about therapy, which was everyone that goes to therapy is crazy on medication, never gets out of this hole that they're in. Like that was this horrible story I was telling myself. And the way that I rewrote the story was I first of all told myself, I am the writer of my own story. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be victim to these misconceptions that I'm believing that actually don't have any fact behind them whatsoever. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do to dismantle the story you're telling yourself is truly do your research. Like is what you're telling yourself actually true? Is there actual fact behind that? Because for me personally, nine times out of 10, the awful, fearful stories I was telling myself had no truth behind them whatsoever. They were just based off of one or two stories I've heard throughout my life. And that was all that I would think of. And it had no truth or substance behind it at all. And so I think that's one of the biggest ways to really bring yourself back down to reality, so to speak, when you're Mm -hmm. telling yourself these horrible stories. But also remind yourself, I'm the writer of my own story. I am the writer of how this ends. I think that's super, super important. And I think too, I'm also a believer in fake it till you make it. And what I mean by that is even if you don't believe it at the time, just continue telling yourself, I am healthy. I am getting better every single day at getting to my goal. Every single day I'm getting one inch closer. And just keep telling yourself that every single day and keep pounding in all this positivity until one day it actually becomes a reality. And I do think it's important to not only tell yourself all that, but to some degree as well, also believe it. I think when the real magic happens is when you believe a future event or a dream that you have, you believe it and feel it in your body as if it's already happened. I think that's when the real magic happens, at least in my life, when I've really just pictured this dream I've had and I've felt it in my bones and I've lived my life out like it was happening to me. That's when real stuff started to shift in my life. And so I think it's so important to not only think these positive things, but also feel the positivity as well. To me, it feels like no longer running on autopilot because when we're just going, going, going. We're being driven by these stories that we're telling ourselves and they are in our subconscious and we react 
because of these stories. So it takes a lot of coming aware and being conscious and looking inwards to realize those things in order to rewrite them and acknowledge them and show up differently. Affirmations, because you really can Mm -hmm. rewrite those stories. Exactly. I love that. Affirmations, that's the big one. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) What would you tell your younger self? I would tell her quite a bit of things. And one of the biggest things that I've learned recently that my younger self really struggled with that I wish she would have known is that it's okay and it's normal to not be perfect or to not be 100% happy and joyful all the time. And I think that goes back once again to the stories that we tell ourselves because I have just a very naturally bubbly personality. And I remember being in elementary school and all my teachers will call me bubbles and it's just like who I am. I'm just naturally this very happy person. But of course I have my sad days and my days of anger and frustration and not wanting to talk to anybody. It's human. It's natural. And as I got older, I was telling myself this story of I'm bubbles. I need to be (laughs) happy all the time. And because of that, I was resisting the other emotions that are so natural and so human. I was resisting every other emotion besides happiness and joyful. And it was not healthy at all. I think that just comes back to our whole self-love conversation of really just loving yourself for where you are in that moment on that day. And knowing that sadness isn't any worse than happiness. It's just a different form of energy. And that's another really big realization that I've come to lately is I've always put so much pressure on good over bad or happy over sad. And I think because I put so much pressure on that, once again, it, I resisted when I didn't feel happy or I really was super judgmental on myself when I was feeling sad or angry. Something Alan Watts really preaches is this whole concept of the light and dark. You can't have the light without the dark and vice yes. versa. They are both there to serve their purpose. One isn't better than the other. And just learning that perspective, it truly, oh my God, I kind of want to cry just thinking about it. It was such a weight off of my shoulder. Oh my goodness, I can live my life now not resisting the dark Mm -hmm. because I need the dark in order to have the light. And it truly has been just such a big revelation this past year of my life. And it's really allowed me to be more me and myself. It's beautiful. I think in society, we do have that cultural messaging that happiness or perfection should be our baseline. And that is a lot of pressure to maintain that as our baseline. Mm -hmm. And if that's our baseline, then what do the highs look like? You know, what do the mountaintops look like? That should not be our baseline at all. And it's human to fluctuate and to have the struggle right alongside the gratitude and happiness and light. It is totally okay to not be okay. I love that. I love that so much. So to kind of wrap up, what do you want listeners to take away from this episode? What would you say to someone struggling? I would once again, go back to the whole storytelling. Be aware of the stories that you are telling yourself. Because like you said, that story you're telling yourself, that's the hamster wheel that you're in. Like if you keep feeding yourself the same beliefs and the same emotions, you're not going to get anywhere. 
there. So there needs to be a shift in your story. You need to believe something different about yourself. You need to start feeding yourself with more positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. You need to do something different. To be someone you've never been, you have to do something that you've never done. And in this case, that is rewriting your story. Is your story really serving you? We're constantly telling ourselves for someone who wants to know, okay, what is the story I'm telling myself? Every single moment of every single day, you have thoughts running through your mind. Some of them are so unconscious, you don't even know that they're happening. Mm-hmm. And so I challenge you for an hour a day or even a full day to really focus on the thoughts that just naturally come up without any effort. And what are those thoughts telling you? If you go for the bag of chips, do you have a thought that instantly runs through your mind without you barely noticing that says something judgmental to you about eating chips? I don't know. That's just one example. Take notice of those small thoughts that accumulate in your mind throughout the day. What are those thoughts? What type of story are they telling you? And once you have noticed those, really work on shifting it. Feed yourself with positive affirmations instead and really replace the old habits with healthier ones. Absolutely. That is a game changer for sure. So if people want to reach out, connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So my podcast once again is called the Cultivating Curiosity Podcast. And I am everywhere that people listen to podcasts. I'm on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the places. And I'm also, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram, but I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest at Sabri Parati. That's S-A-B-R-I-P-I-E-R-O-T-T-I. I know it's a mouthful. <laughs> and then people can reach out to me at sabparati at gmail.com. Awesome. So I'll have all of those linked in the show notes so that people can find you. Awesome. To close the episode, do you have a song that deeply resonates with you and your story? Yeah. So I actually went about this thinking, okay, like without the lyrics, what is just a song that I love jamming out to? Right. And the Bones by Maren Morris popped into my head. And I was like, okay, well, what are these lyrics? Like, do the lyrics even mean anything meaningful? I just like the song because of the rhythm. I looked up the lyrics and they are so freaking powerful. No idea. And it pretty much just talks about if your foundation is good. So in terms of the song, if the foundation or the bones of the house are good, it can stand against any storm. And I think that is so freaking powerful to, especially the times that we're living in today, we're going Mm -hmm. through so many different types of storms. But as long as you have a foundation, so whether that looks like a core value of beliefs, once again, the stories you're telling yourself, as long long as that foundation is strong and healthy and you really believe in yourself and know what you stand for, you can overcome any storm that life blows your way. So it's not only a really great song, but it also is (laughs) inspirational as well. (laughs) I love that. I love how that worked out so perfectly and I can't wait to listen. Thank you for being here. I really do feel like I was just talking to a mirror because (laughs) I resonate (laughs) with so much of what you said. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I love everything that your podcast stands for. And it was truly an honor to come and talk to you today. So that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.
I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.